let's start the message by saying this, that the title of this message is Experiencing Grace, and this is part three, and the saints say, Amen. Let's start it. Here we go. I I, I saw this and I thought it was uh, amazing and it's true. The prophetic is saying down through the centuries, God has been restoring the truths to the church. And it seems that the final truth is the person of Jesus Christ and all that he has accomplished on the cross. Another statement, the revelation of the finished work of Jesus will get stronger and stronger in the end times and men will begin to enjoy the full benefits of the new covenant in grace. You like that? Here's another statement. Jesus did not die on the cross for us because any one of us deserved it, but he redeemed us with his very life, paid the price, gave himself up so that you and I can receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, I said the abundance of, abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness to reign in life. He wants us to reign in life. Thank goodness for that. He doesn't want us to be under the spell of this curse of sin and death. He wants us to be over our circumstances, over all that, and he wants us to have a position of authority where we can determine our life in success forward in Jesus' name. Let's have a look at this scripture, John 1.17. I'm just trying to find an economy here of which way to go. And um, John 1.17. Is it a bit warm today? Is it a little bit warm? Do we need, are everyone okay? Do we need a fan? We're doing it now. I thought that was the case, yeah. I've got to give you some scriptures, and I'm just... Hoping that the Lord kicks in. And so John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Mm. You could underline grace and truth. You could underline the law. Uh, You know, grace, what? The law was given, meaning at a distance, the law was given through Moses through the Ten Commandments, the tablets. It was given. It was impersonal. But truth and grace came through Christ, which is a personal thing. If I came to Luke with personally with truth and grace, that's a personal thing, isn't it? That's a, a very personal thing. That's why Christianity is the only religion that is not just built on rules and laws and moral standing, It's really built upon the whole deal of having a relationship with God through Christ in the Holy Spirit. Do you understand that? It's all about this relationship deal. So again, the law was given, but then it says grace and truth came. Came. It's like knocking on your door like the pizza guy. Hello? Ham and pineapple, supreme. No anchovies, Jules, and uh, gluten-free, whatever. It comes personally. It comes like this. And I think when I speak about grace, I'm actually saying that, that it's, it's literally Jesus smiling at you in his great love, in his mercy, in his goodness, in his kindness, in his great love. He's coming to you and he's saying, what about this? And it amazes, amazes me why people don't buy it. And give the pizza guy a tip. 
Man, thank you very much. There's my tithe and offerings. Thank you. I'm set for life, bound for eternity, living in the light of God, in the power of the Holy Spirit. What more could you want? What more could you want? This is magnificent. You've got to, you've got to arrest yourself from the world and what the world says you have in lack. No. The Bible says you can be broke, busted, but if you've got salvation, and you see this in third world nations, that they are the gladdest people on the planet. They've got the most magnificent smiles, teeth and all. Good teeth because they don't eat lollies. <laughs> but they're, they're looking at you and it's deep down joy and, and, and happiness. But happiness is based on circumstance. Joy is based on a huge reality check that I am blessed. And when they greet you in their village, when they greet you, they just like, it's like, and here we come with our missionary plan and, 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 and all somber and serious. No, man, one of the first things we need to be doing and marketing is this, that the kingdom of God is joy, peace, and righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. If we haven't got that, that's not entirely the full deal of what God is trying to, trying to do. John 8.32 says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Who's the truth? The truth is Jesus. Amen? Romans 5.7 For if by the trespass of one man, what man? Adam. Death reigned through that one man. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace? Abundant provision. Uh, abundance of provision. I don't know about you, but I like abundance sometimes. I like the abundant deal. The abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Nobody wants to live in defeat. Is that right? You don't want to live in depression, anxiety attacks. You don't want to live broke, busted. You don't want to live like that. You don't want to live in, in, in this whole contention of being under the sway of all the calamities of life and the tension of whatever you want to you want to reign man you want to you want to be living over your circumstances you want to be that's why it says seated with christ in heavenly places you want to be over that stuff someone getting someone out of this or oh hallelujah okay why do we why do we say reigning because reigning means that you know, ultimately God wants you to reign. Ultimately, absolutely, God wants you to be over your circumstance. He doesn't want you to be downtrodden. He doesn't want you to be, you know, under the sway of a corrupt world. He actually wants you to be able to take stock of your life and walk it out in the purposes and plans of God. But you can only do that if you've come out of the curse of sin and death. Romans 8.1 the curse of sin and death. Once you've come out of that, you've got to realize that you are now righteous in Christ, that God looks at you through the righteousness of Christ, just as God the Father looks at His Son Jesus, He looks at you with the same love. He doesn't look at this person here because he prayed more this week and doesn't look at as much as... Oh. His love is unconditional. It's unconditional. Once you receive the grace of God, 
and his righteousness, which is his righteousness, you then stand absolutely pretty with God. That's why we call the message sitting pretty last week. You missed it, Andrew. But we actually are sitting pretty right now. No matter what anything else is trying to tell you, you are absolutely should be confident to approach the throne of grace. Wasn't that worship amazing this morning? The worship, and and, man, that was the best start to a service I've had for a long time. That was so good. I love that song. But this is the deal. How do you people worship? Some people look at us. How do you worship? Why do you respond with faith in kind to this great gift? How do you do that? How do you honestly get excited, lift your hands, clap your hands, whatever, get engaged with God? Because to be honest, I feel a little bit on the outer of all that. I'm not sure exactly why you can actually do that. I'm telling you, one of the key things that when you get this revelation is that this, is that your highest calling is to worship. Your highest calling, Jesus culture is telling this all the time. And who do we worship? Jesus, who came to you in spirit, in grace and truth. And once you realize that, you want to worship him 24-7. You want to worship him and love him and bless him 24-7. Okay, the work is finished. Jesus has done it. He's overcome that that whole dilemma of being under the law of sin and death, which is basically man unable to appease the law and God through his life of trying to live in righteousness. Never was going to happen, couldn't happen. We needed a savior. Jesus came. We understand that. Hebrews 10, 12 says, but when the priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. So this is, this is talking about sitting down. The priest, when he fulfilled, when Jesus fulfilled the work on the cross, unlike the Old Testament priest, there was no furniture. Did you learn that in Bible college? There was no furniture to sit down. The priest was always standing up. There was no rest for that priest. The priest always had to go back and do it again and do it again. Go back, do it again. It's an old Steely Dan song, sorry. And, um, and, and, and it's always go back, do it again. But when Jesus did it, went to the cross, finally shed his blood, the perfect sacrifice, the, the perfect, the Bible says the perfect sacrifice. When that was done, Jesus was privileged to what? To sit down at the right hand of God. It's finished. It's done. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. Because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. It's finished, guys. No more struggling. We are sitting pretty in God. Ephesians 2, 4. But because of his great love for us, what is it? Love. One of the huge, one of the huge dramatic Elements of God is his love. I said it last week. John said God is spirit. The apostle John said God is spirit. God is light. God is light. He's holy. That means holy. God is spirit. God is light. 
and God is love. They're the three most dramatic things that God is trying to reveal to you. That he's spirit, that you have to worship him in spirit. That he is light, that you can be in the light of forgiveness and love. Or you can be out of the light, creeping around in the shadows. The greatest thing you can have is to be in the light through forgiveness, set free. Ephesians 2.4, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. You're wondering what these seats are and sitting down is. It's all about resting in God. Jesus sat down. We need to sit down too. We need to rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91. Just rest under the shadow. Abide in the vine. John 15 says, just abiding in the vine. I'm just chilling, man, like fruit on the tree. I'm just receiving all that I need by abiding in the vine. I'm under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm in His presence. I'm in this place of this magnificent reality that the kingdom of God surrounds me in his goodness, in his kindness, in his loving, powerful love around me. He's all his mercy, his grace, his goodness, his patience is all around me. I can walk in that. Love, goodness, kindness, mercy, goodness, love, kindness, goodness, mercy. It's all around me. I can walk in that. If you subscribe to it and receive it, and if you walk by grace, you can live in this total reality check of that God is absolutely smiling on you. I don't know. I'm getting a song now. John Denver. Um, Sunshine on my shoulder makes me happy. And you just go, check this out, darling. I got the smile of heaven on me today, man. Sound like a black guy now, don't I? Just check this out, man. Look, can you see that light? Can you honestly see it? I'm saying to Julie yesterday, see those butterflies, six translucent blue butterflies, shh, and then they're gone. So Julie, no, you, you, what are you talking about? Uh, you, you sure? You saw... <sighs> she said she saw them, but I think she was just being polite. She even tries to give me some details to prove it, but it doesn't work. <laughs> she likes to humor me. So when we say sitting, we're not saying being passive and lazy. Okay, need to make a point of that. Paul says 1 Corinthians 15.10. We're not talking about being lazy and unproductive, not praying, not, you know, not doing the work of God. We're not saying that because Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15.10, he says this, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. I said not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. It's grace that we serve God. It's grace that we give. It's grace that we worship. It's grace that we live out our best life in Jesus' name. Can you understand that? Why? Because we understand that we've received this abundance of God's goodness, righteousness, love, all this stuff. We feel empowered, man, to the point 
where we want to give it away. We feel so fully laden with God's goodness, God's blessings, God's love, that we actually would even break through our own intimidation of the world and the people around us and try and give this stuff away. Do you know what I'm saying? We, we, we would be so daring to try and give love away because we're fully empowered by the Holy Spirit's Christ's love. It's, it's, it's just something you've got to experience. If you don't experience it, you're not going to know what I'm talking about. The bottom line is this. Praise God. The law has been fulfilled. Absolutely fulfilled. It's done. Jesus has done it. It's absolutely done deal. We, we need to rest in that. And we need to abide in that. Again, John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Truth and grace are on the side of Jesus. Truth and grace are ours in Christ Jesus. Once we realize that, once we understand it, once we, once we have that amazing revelation, it's then when really we understand this great love that God has for you personally, individually. And once you experience that love personally, individually, it's then when you start to find your identity in God, not in the world. And you actually are able to almost be recreated. The Bible says you're a new creation. The old is gone. This old person that the world created and the world almost turned you out to be as a product of the world... Man, you can take yourself now and stand it in the light and God can reinstitute a whole new life in you and create a whole new expression of who you are. It's like this software, man, plugging it into you and, and you become a whole new person to live out your days in grace. Romans 8.1 says, and I thought about this, and I quoted the scripture earlier, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Jesus Christ the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. I talked about the fact that some people try and defy this spiritual law and even try and defy the natural laws of gravity by doing crazy stuff, um, base jumping. Saw a guy who was supposed to be the most best base jumper in the world and I saw an interview of him. He's in a wheelchair now and then they're asking him, would you do it again? Yeah, I'd still do it. And so what, what happened? Uh, well, you know, I had it down to a fine art. One day I got busy and just for one second lost concentration and of course he clipped this cliff and um, he come unstuck and he's in a wheelchair. I mean, we do have a propensity to want to defy natural laws and even spiritual laws. There are even people who would say, I don't need the, the truth and grace of Christ. I'm going to defy that. I'm going to defy that notion. I'm going to defy that truth. I'm going to defy that revelation and I'm going to show you how to live on planet Earth in your own light, under your own steam. 
in your own, in your own, uh, what is it, achievement. Society is built on, on two pillars of achievement and, and this, this whole deal of, you know, making it happen yourself. Uh, but the Bible says you got to surrender. The poor in spirit will inherit the earth. The poor in spirit, once you surrender, once you relinquish your strength, your ability to be self-sufficient, to make a life for yourself, which Aussies really suffer from big time. Have you noticed that? They suffer from that. And you know what? Unfortunately, we do have now a whole generation that, are, that have done well. They've got large supers and they've got big houses and they've got maybe their health still and, and they've got this attitude of looking down at a lot of people and, and they're hard to get saved because they have everything. They're living in the best country in the world. They have all the money that they need. They have health. They have, they travel the world. They, whatever. But you know what? At the end of the day, that's going to be found weighed, measured, and wanting. Because one day, their wings are going to be clipped. Just like what happens to skydivers and base jumpers. One day, the reality of gravity is going to catch them out. And that day, they're going to need a savior. They're going to need grace. It's so easy to be in that lifestyle. Very hard for God to reach those people. We literally need a miracle to see those people saved. Colossians 2.14, a couple of moments more. The devil loves to uh, try and come against us with, you know, he, he tries to, I guess, condemn us. Um, he tries to say to you, you're not good enough. How could you go to church? Who do you think you are? You're not a Christian. But I love this. When Jesus went to the cross, he disarmed the power of the enemy and his cohorts. The Bible says here, Colossians 2.14, having cancelled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us, he took it away. He took this law that Satan was using to, to condemn us. He took that and Jesus took that law and he went to the cross And he paid for that law by the righteousness of his own life. The law is fulfilled. It's done. It's completed. Jesus introduces a whole new dispensation of grace. We don't have to live under the law. We can live under grace. But still people suffer from being condemned and taunted by the enemy. That's why it says here in Colossians 2.14... Jesus actually 
having cancelled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us, he took it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Another version says, the handwriting and requirements that were against us. He's taken all that. The devil does not have... He does not have privilege to condemn you. He doesn't have the right to do that, but he still uses that as one of his favorite tricks. You understand that. Romans 3.20 says, Therefore no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law we became conscious of sin. So coming under the law is only going to aggravate the whole sin nature. It's only going to aggravate... If you try and serve that law by trying to be righteous in your own eyes or or righteous in your own standing, I should say, it's only going to aggravate the sin in your life. And you don't want to do that. You are righteousness. You are the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. I think I've got a little PowerPoint here that says law is deserved favor. And when you obey the commands perfectly, you will be blessed. That's how the law works. Grace is different. Grace is undeserved favor. Jesus obeyed perfectly and you will be blessed by it. But just believing in him, that's how grace works. The law is about you earning favor. Grace is about you just get favor and blessings anyhow. That's how it works. Remember, grace is Jesus as it came to you, John 1.17. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Remember this. Also, Romans 6.14, For sin shall not be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. No dominion over you when you receive grace. You don't have to be a master to sin anymore. You don't have to come under that the sway of being dispositioned to sin anymore. Once you come under grace, you're actually empowered to live the good life, the righteous life. Nobody told me, that I had to do this and do that and clean my life up. I just felt literally, this is my testimony, when I first started to come to church, I felt the more I came to church, the more I worshipped God, the more I was being filled, like a cup, like a vessel, the more I was being filled, and the other stuff was just going. It was just coming out. It was just, the more you fill that cup, man, if if that cup's dirty, the more you fill it with good, clean water, it's just going to, the stuff's just going to come out. Is that right? And I'm saying to Jules, I don't know what's happened. I'm not trying to do this, but the more I keep going to that crazy church, that other stuff is just going. It's just, I don't need that anymore. I don't want that anymore. I don't want to see that anymore. I don't want to hang with that person anymore. I don't want to be in that place anymore. I just don't want to do that anymore. I'm just feeling like, man, I'm just feeling like, man, I could give this a nudge all of a sudden. Man, I just feel like, man, I could actually be a Christian, you know. Man, I could actually live in the light of God. I could actually live in the Spirit of God. I I actually could live in the love of God. I think I can give this a go. And when I felt and experienced that, I suddenly dawned on me that this was not a religious thing, that this was literally a relationship with God that was empowering, empowering me in so many wonderful ways. Romans 10.3, since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own, 
That's what I'm trying to say when people try and divide, defy the law of sin and death and try and establish a righteousness of their own. It's going to come to naught, folks. They did not submit to God's righteousness. Whose righteousness? God's righteousness. And of course, we're saying, some people will say, oh, I don't teach grace. That's a license to just sin. And, you know, because you, you're saying that even if they play up, even if they got drunk last night, in grace, he still loves them. He's constantly loved them. He's not looking at them with a frown. He's not looking at them like they're, 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 they're blown and disappointed with them. He, they're coming in, they're, they're half tanked even. They're coming in to worship God. And, and you're looking, go, how dare that man come in here? Look at his half tank. He's been on the grog. And, and God's going, oh man, I don't give a toss, man. I'm just loving this guy, man. Get out of my way. I just want to love him. And he's just loving this person. We can't stand that because we fall foul through our own righteousness. I'm nearly done. 1 Corinthians 15.34 says, Awake to righteousness and sin not. When you awake to the righteousness of Christ and you absolutely being forgiven, and when you can stand in the light and you say, I don't deserve this light. I don't deserve this love. I don't deserve these butterflies dancing in front of me and the birds singing and the ocean and I don't deserve this. I don't deserve all this great stuff, God. And Lord God, I just feel like you're smiling on me. I just can't stand it, God. This is awesome, God. This is amazing. And I thought I was so unpleasing to you. God, I thought I was just on the outer. I thought you were so distant from me. But God, you're right there. I can feel you. As I'm worshipping you at C3 Tiger, I can feel your great love. Oh, my God. What is this? What is this, God? It's my son's righteousness. He paid a price 2,000 years ago on the cross. You stand righteous in him because you simply gave your life to him and you believe. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I feel, I don't know what I feel. I feel he's patient. I feel his mercy. I feel his kindness. I, f- I feel like he's swimming out to me and, he, and he's going to help me. He's going to bring me in from the storms of life. He, he's, he's a shepherd. He's, he's, a, he's everything. He's my, he's my Lord. He's, he's my protector. He's my provider. He's, he's everything. He, he's, he's everything. He's everything. He's everything. The revelation in these last days of truth and grace coming to this lost world, coming to each and every individual life. For those people, let's all stand. God bless you. God bless you. Father in heaven, right now, We step out of our own righteousness. We step into the righteousness of Christ. Just close your eyes for a moment there. Awake, awake to righteousness and sin not. Awake, awake to righteousness and sin not. Awake, awake to righteousness and sin not. Lord Jesus, right now, help us enjoy the full benefits of the new covenant and the grace that it so provides. Good things just happen to those who believe. Just good things happen to those who believe. Psalm 103 verse 1 says it like this. And this is basically about the whole deal, about God. It pleases God to bless you, to heal you, to restore you, to, to, to bless you in every single, every way that you need to be blessed. He, it pleases Him. It pleases you like a good father wants to please his children.